Hey, today is a, a different day. We're going to be talking about baptism, and we, at the end of the service, are going to offer an invitation. We're going to, I'm going to go ahead and introduce it right now, that if you've never been baptized, that today's the day. Now, if you're a guest here today, nobody knew about this. Our staff knew, but we didn't really announce this, and so nobody, hey, they invited me because they wanted to baptize. That's, that's not what happened today. It wouldn't be a bad plan, but I'm just telling you, I wouldn't be against it, but that at the end of the service, we've got shorts, we've got shirts, we've got towels. Uh, we are we are prepared that if you would like to make this uh, public profession today, then today is today. And so today I'm going to talk about why be baptized. Why be baptized? Why be baptized? So I want you to think for just a second that your life is a tree. Now I sound like a counselor, I realize, um, but and I'm not against counseling. You guys got to hang with me. I'm like it's raining today, but I'm going for it. Okay, everybody with me? Yes. I got three people. All right, great. All right. <laughs> Got three people. Think of your life as a tree. I got two trees here. I got this tree, and I got this tree that doesn't really look like a tree, but it's a tree. It's a tree. All right, I got this tree. This tree right here is dead. That tree is dead. There is nothing that I can do to this tree. You may say, Gary, it looks green. It looks green, but it's dead. You may say, it looks nice. It looks nice. It makes the room. Somebody said, you brought it out for Easter. No, I did not. I did not. It's dead. It's dead. There's nothing I can do to this tree. This tree right here, this tree's alive. This tree's alive. Uh, right now, it's alive. It's alive. It doesn't look like much, but this tree right here can grow to be 10 to 12 feet, 10 to 12 feet. Well, the reason why I said think of yourself as a tree, when, when we think about our lives, when you think about who you are as a person, there's only two people in this room. There are people who are dead and people who are alive. There are not good people and bad people. There are not. That's not how it works. We have this thing that we think that, hey, there's going to be good people in heaven. There's not going to be any good people in heaven. There's only going to be people who are alive in heaven. That's it. There's only going to be people who are alive. There's only going to be people who are dead and people who are alive, and that's who's here today. And, and there's no way around it. It doesn't matter your car, your occupation, your job. It doesn't matter. Job, same thing as occupation, or the, the car you drive, whatever. I'm, I'm telling you. There are only two types of people, those who are dead and those who are alive. Now, the scriptures say this. It says, God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much, that even though we were dead, we were this we were this. You were this. God didn't save you because you were good and because you came to church a lot and you brought a lot of people and maybe you gave some money to missions when they did that thing during the month of March. That's not why he saved you. He saved you because you were dead, because he loves you. That even though you were dead in your sins, he gave us life. He made us alive. When he raised Christ from the dead, that he took us from this and this doesn't look that great, but he made us alive. He made us into a, something that was alive, something that could grow, something that, that could mature. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. That you've been saved by the work of God, nothing else. What Jesus did on the cross, him dying for our sins, him rising from the dead, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ, and he seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we have been united with Jesus Christ. So that's the background of today's message, that you're either dead or you're alive. So if you're alive, you're alive, if your life is a tree, then there's some things that you would do. There's some things that you would do. You would want to get this tree in the ground. You would want, to, you would want it to be rooted. And when you become a, a follower of Jesus Christ, one of the first things that you do is you're baptized. That it, if you would think of it as a tree, it is this rooting process. And whereas it seems crazy, 
Like if you were going to plant this in the ground, or if I was going to fertilize this, if I was going to water this, that would be ridiculous because it's dead. But with this, it's not ridiculous. It is the exact thing that needs to happen. I'm going to plant this in the ground. I'm going to fertilize and water it. And so one of the first things that you do when you accept Christ is that you are baptized. You are, and this is this act of rooting. And so I'm going to give you today uh, some reasons about to be baptized. But first, I want to give you the definition of baptism. So if we go right here, baptism is an obedient physical act of faith in which we publicly repent of sin and confess Christ as our Lord and Savior. That you make this public declaration that you're following Christ. And this public confession that, you know what, Jesus is the Lord of my life. He, I'm asking Jesus in my life, or I have asked Jesus in my life to save me and to be my Lord. And I'm making this public declaration. And it's express our physical union with Christ, that we are crucified to sin and resurrected to a new life, that that's what's happening in baptism. That's what's going on. And so this morning, I want to give you three reasons why you would want to be baptized. Three reasons. The first is this. Baptism is a picture of a changed life. Baptism is a picture of a changed life. Now, for those who are my age, maybe a little bit younger, you can remember this. For the rest of it, you probably don't. When you wanted somebody to see a picture years ago, you had to go show it to them. They had to come over to your house and you say, you want to see my vacation pictures? No, I don't. But since I'm at your house, I'll have to, won't I? Now you don't have to do that. They're everywhere. People's pictures are everywhere. That we live in a culture that is really picture-based, that it has become the go-to for how events happen, that we are looking to get the right photo, the perfect photo op, that everything has to be about the picture. As a matter of fact, I sort of think, when you, when you think about pictures, we take pictures of family, friends, feet, food, Dates, dances, dingers, dogs, birthdays, babies, brides, beaches, proms, parties, picnics, parents, retirements, restaurants, recipes, receptions, graduations, grandkids, gatherings, and goodbyes. We take pictures. There are all these pictures that we take. We take pictures. Baptism is a picture. That when you think about baptism, that it's this picture of what Christ has done for us and us being united with him. Now, when we do baptisms, what usually happens is somebody gets in and they get in the tank and they scoot all the way to the front, especially if they're tall. You know, have you ever seen me do that? I get up to the front because if not, I'm going to hit their head. And I have done that before. Scoot them all the way to the front and then we ask them questions and then they go down into the water and they come out of the water. Now, how many of you have ever seen that here? You ever seen that here? You've seen it. You've seen it. And it's a picture of us being like Jesus going down into the grave, a water grave. And if someone didn't bring us up, or if we didn't come out, we would die. Just as Jesus was in a tomb, we were in a tomb of water. And then being raised up, this picture of being raised up just like Jesus was. And in Romans chapter 6, which we're going to be talking about the Sunday after Easter, this, this passage right here, the Sunday after Easter is when we'll talk about this. 
Paul writes, well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? He says, of course not. He said, if, and, and, and I'll get more on this at two Sundays, uh, the Sunday after, after Easter. Since we have died to sin, how, we can, how can we t- continue to live in it? But then he says this, or have you forgotten, or have you forgotten this picture? He's reminding them of this picture. Have you forgotten this picture that when we were joined together with Jesus Christ in baptism, we were joined with him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. This picture, he gives us this picture that you died. When you, this symbolic, you went into this water grave that if you did not come out, you died. You died. You went down to the grave with Christ. But then, but then, and just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we may also live new lives. That we've been raised to life. And since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might not might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know that we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. So we get this picture of baptism that when we die, when we went down, we were raised, that we don't have to fear death anymore. We don't have to fear sin anymore. Not the power of sin, not the penalty of sin, that we get this beautiful picture that every time someone does this, we see this picture played out over and over and over again. Well, that's a pretty good reason if that was the only reason. Because baptism is a picture of a changed life. But the second reason is that baptism was practiced by Jesus' followers. It was the practice by Jesus' followers. Now, I'm going to get a little technical here about church stuff. We do a class. It's called Starting Point where we talk about Eastridge. And in the, in the Starting Point class, I make this statement because I believe it's true that every church decides what's important to them. Every church decides what's important to them. Just like in your family, you decide what's important to you. You decide what's important to you. You decide what we're going to do with our money. You decide if your kids are going to be able to eat in the living room. You ever have to do this? We're going to eat in the living room, and that could be a battle on itself. You decide what time your kids are going to go to bed, whether they're going to be able to spend the night, what you're, where you're going to go on vacation, whose house we're going to be at Christmas. You decide all these things, same thing. Churches do the same things. They decide what's important to them. As a matter of fact, Eastridge never tries to decide for other churches what's important to them. I don't call Cody at First Baptist and say, this is what you ought to do. I don't call Jason at Stewart and say, this is what you ought to do. I don't call Chad at Journey and say, hey, you know what you ought to do? This is what you ought to do. I don't do that. And they don't do that because each church has to decide what's important to them. Now, at Eastridge, one of the things that is important to us is baptism by immersion. It's baptism by immersion. As a matter of fact, the word baptize in the New Testament means to dunk. That's why if you ever wonder, why do they dunk people? Why, do they, why, don't, why don't they do it? We do it because in the New Testament, the word means dunk. Now, we are not here to say that everybody else is doing it wrong. We're not here to tell the other churches what to do. We're just simply telling you why we do what we do. So I'm going to share this scripture about the practice of baptism, just the practice of baptism. The first message of the church in Acts 
Peter preaches about Jesus, it says Peter's words pierced their hearts and they said to him and the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? They were so, you ever been there where God spoke to you? Man, I have been there where, man, God spoke to me and I'm like, man, I don't, I, I got to do so. I, I feel like I need to do, I don't, I'm not sure. I feel convicted about this. I need to do something here. And they go to Peter and say, what should we do? And Peter replied, each one of you must repent of your sins, which means turn away from sin and turn to God and be baptized. That word means to immerse, to be dunked in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you and your children and to those far away and those who have been called by the Lord our God. That this was the, what happened at the first church service that they had. And it says, then Peter continued preaching a long time like Cam does. You ever heard Cam preach? He does that a lot. So that's where Cam got it. So strongly urging all his listeners save yourselves from this crooked generation. Now listen to this. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized. They were immersed and added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. 3,000 people. Man, that's quite a baptism day. Could you imagine? I don't think they got out in an hour. Do y'all? I think um, it's going to be a little bit longer than that. Well, not only was that the first message of the church, that if you read the book of Acts, this was the practice and the pattern of what happened in the church all the time. All the time this happened, that people believed the message of Christ and they were baptized. And every time that they were baptized in the, in the book of Acts, in the scripture, it was always by immersion. Now, again, it sounds like I'm, I'm beating a dead horse. I'm just telling you, this is why we do what we do, because this was the practice. So I'm going to show you some scriptures real fast here, just so you know I'm not making it up. Acts 12, the Samaritan believed and were baptized. Acts 13, Simon the sorcerer believes and is baptized. Acts 8:37, Ethiopian man hears the gospel and is baptized. Acts 9:18, Paul is baptized three days after encountering Jesus. Acts 10:48, Gentiles are baptized after hearing the gospel preached by Peter. Acts 16, a woman named Lydia is saved, opens her heart to respond to Paul's message, and she is baptized. Acts 16, 31 through 33, Paul and Silas don't escape from prison. This miraculous thing, they could escape. The, del the cell doors came wide open, but they don't escape. When God sends an earthquake, the jailer asks what he can do to be saved. They tell him to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll be saved. No baptism yet. Now, I want to stop right here and just point right here. We don't believe that baptism saves you. We believe that Jesus Christ saves you. There's a big difference. So when, when we talked about it, he said, what do I must do to be saved? And we've talked about this a little bit uh, in the Roman series, that all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved. He's not baptized. Then he says, after that, he is immediately baptized. Now, we have to schedule baptisms most of the time here because we don't have a baptistry built in. So we schedule them. It's usually the fourth Sunday of the month. We tell people, now, we will baptize somebody anytime they want to be baptized. But if we're going to schedule them, but that, the, the pattern of the New Testament was that it was immediate, that they didn't have the scheduling conflicts, that they, they would just go to the Jordan River. Let's go baptize somebody. As a matter of fact, my friend Chris Rollins has a church in Charleston, South Carolina. They regularly do baptisms in the Atlantic Ocean. They do it. They do it all the time. Just do these baptisms because they, they, they're right there on the coast. And I've had people want me to baptize them in Jackson Lake. And I told them, hey, it's not the Jordan River, guys. I'm just telling you. 
Acts 18, 8. Many Corinthians hear the gospel, believe, and are baptized. Acts 9, 19, 5. The Ephesians hear of Jesus, repent, and are baptized. Now listen to this. This is a span of 11 chapters. 11 chapters of the book of Acts. 11 chapters. Almost every chapter. Somebody believes, they are baptized. Believes, they're baptized. Believes, they're baptized. This is the practice of the church. This is the practice. In every one of these conversation stories, someone is speaking the gospel is either specifically stated or implied that someone has spoken the gospel and they're followed by the faith of the hearers and soon afterwards, their repentance and baptism follow. And so this is why we do it. We do it because it's been the practice of the church for 2,000 years, which leads me to the last point. Because baptism is preached and modeled by Jesus. Now, I love what Andy Stanley says. Andy Stanley says, if you are not sure what to believe, if you're not sure who to believe, believe the dead guy who came back to life. I love that statement. Because if you're not sure what to believe, then believe what Jesus said. I'm going to give you two scriptures right here that Jesus preached baptism and he modeled baptism. First is this, Matthew 28. We've been using this all month for our missions talking about missions, talking about going, going, going. But listen to when we're supposed to go. He says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I've given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. And then what's that word? Baptizing. That, we're, that this is part of the process of following Jesus Christ. This is part of it. That we are to baptize, we are to be baptized, that we are baptized people. And then I want to look at Matthew 3, 13 through 17. It says, Then Jesus went from Galilee, Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. Could you imagine baptizing Jesus, man? Wouldn't you feel unworthy? You don't want me. I don't think you might want Cam. You know what I mean? You know I want Stephanie. You don't want Gary, man, because I know me. That's kind of where John's at. Yeah, I don't need to be doing You need to be doing it. I don't need to do he says, no. Jesus says, no. Verse 15, it should be done so that we can carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. So Jesus does it. Did Jesus need to be baptized? He had sinned. No, he had not. He did it to set an example for us. You're never going to go wrong doing what Jesus did. So here's where we are today. What prevents you from being baptized today? If you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ. Or maybe today you've never placed your faith in Jesus Christ, never understood that this is who you are. You're dead. You may be the nicest person in the world, but you're dead. You may look good. You may be rich, but you're dead. You may have a lot of friends, but you're dead. This is not me talking. This is what the scriptures say. I was dead. I was dead. But Christ has made me alive. That's what Christ has done. Maybe that's you. Or maybe you've accepted Christ, but you've never been obedient to follow him in baptism. Maybe the time just never was right. Maybe you didn't have your stuff. Maybe you just felt uh, just subconscious. What if today is your day? The day's the day that you're going to be baptized. So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to pray for you. 
And then Stephanie's going to be standing right here, and we've got towels and shorts over here. And if you want to be baptized, we'd love to do it today. The band's going to play. And you'll get your stuff, and you go change, and then we're going to baptize you today in the name of Jesus Christ. It's going to be a great day. But I'm going to pray for you. That today is your day. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you that you never call us to do stuff that you weren't willing to do. And you've set us this example to be obedient. And so, Lord, I pray for those here today that maybe they've never understood that, man, they're dead. They were dead, that they are dead, that they need you desperately, and that you love them and want to make them alive today. So I pray. And then, Lord, I also pray for those here today that have accepted you but never been baptized, never made that public declaration of being joined with you in death and being joined with you by being raised to life. And so, Lord, I pray for you to do your work in all of us. And I pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Would you stand with me? If, you have, if, you're, if you're ready today, if today's your day, would you come?